Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton, Friday edition of Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. You can text us 630-630. Give us a call on our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. We will uh, go to the phone lines here in one second. But first, I should tell you that some guests on Oilers Now received gift certificates to Royal Pizza. The all-rec recommendation today, the Hawaiian. Yes. Going back to the basics, one of my favorites, my favorite pizza growing up, the ham and pineapple, and it's loaded and it's great at Royal Pizza. Pizza, pasta, and so much more for menu and locations. Visit royalpizza.ca. You don't like pineapple on pizza? Well, Bob Stoffer will recommend the meat lovers on Monday when he gets back in this chair. All right, Sirius Gord, thanks for uh, waiting on hold for us. You're on line one as soon as I take you off hold. But, there you go. Now you're on. <laughs> a couple things on the Hawaiian pizza before I get Oh, boy. Invented yep. in Hamilton, Ontario. I don't know if you knew that or no, not. No, I didn't. It is the number one pizza of choice in, of all places, Australia. Really? And if I was to make a recommendation on top of the Hawaiian pizza, add onions to it. Very tasty. Okay, yeah, I've tried that before. So you do like Hawaiian yeah. on pizza, though. Or you do like Very pineapple so, yes. on, pe- on pizza, yeah, yes. Especially, like, if you want to get into the more gourmet ones, get really high-quality pineapple and throw prosciutto on there instead of just a regular ham and then throw some some <laughs> kind of uh, sweet onion. It's tremendous. Now we're talking. Uh, Maybe Royal Pizza should hire you as, a, like, a, a manager or something to promote God their knows, product. I have eaten enough pizza over the years. Yeah, no kidding. Sure. And my, my stomach uh, demonstrates that. Um before I get to the hockey part, I just want to uh, give you the best wishes uh, as uh, going into the sales field that you are. I've been in sales for, as I look back, probably over th- over 25 years now. And if there's one book I could recommend, and I'm, as you know, there's loads of them, there's one called The Challenger Sale, which basically coaches you on uh, not just being a guy who takes orders or a guy who's really friendly with people and everything else, but actually challenges clients and prospects 
to think about what they're doing, to think to, to re-examine and reevaluate the process, their, the purchase of whatever it is they're doing. That uh, truly salts them as good, solid clients and, frankly, ultimately, hopefully, makes them fans. That's been my experience. A tremendous book, actually a groundbreaking book. Uh, it's only been in, uh, out for about six or seven years now. So, No, I'll definitely anyway, check that out, and I appreciate uh, all the advice because I need all the help I can get. I thought working with Stoffer every day was tough, but now I need to go out and actually sell his show to potential clients, so that will be even more of a challenge. Absolutely. No. So you got to challenge him as, okay, why, what is it you're, why are you, why do you need, why do you want Bob Stoffer to be, to be fronting your product? And there's some good reasons for that. But, oh, absolutely, uh, yes. yeah, The Challenger sale, frankly, it's the science of sales in a lot of ways. They've done a lot of analytical work on it, just like hockey. Uh, analytics is in the sales field as well. And uh, truly revealing for a lot of people, I, I think, uh, who, who read it. Um, on the hockey side of things, I really have to quit. It's probably good you're going into sales, man, because your comments about the defense this year, frankly, blows my mind. Um, <laughs> I think... I think uh, I think you would agree. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the general adage is a defenseman really doesn't hit full form until about 300 games in the NHL. Is that is that the number? I'm am I getting that right? That's what it, uh, yes, the old hockey men like to say. Yes. So how many games has Nurse played? Um, not quite that number. I'd have to look up the exact number. I'd have to think. I'm sure you have it in front of you. 220 somewhere in that range. Let me just pull uh, the exact number up here. One ninety-seven. Yeah, so he's two hundred. He's a, he's only two thirds of the way to being a fully developed player, and I think most listeners would agree he is not fully developed. We really don't know what Darnell Nurse is going to ultimately become, and yet I have you on the line telling us that he should be sheltering Bouchard. I think somebody should be sheltering Nurse. Uh, and further to that point. I think you would agree probably the biggest failing in the last however many years with the Oilers has been drafting. Is that fair to say? After the first round, their drafting has been terrible, right? Yeah, no, that's fair, yeah. Okay. I would think you would agree the second biggest failing of the, of the franchise has been player development. Young players coming on with the biggest mistake, of course, being being brought on far too early. I think almost every player with very few exceptions should have spent more time in the minors, more time in the in the AHL than uh, the Oilers let them have. And they're, and it stunted their development and ultimately ended up in disappointment. From Gagne on, you know, to, you know there's, the list is endless. And here you are recommending we bring Bouchard up. I don't want to see Bouchard for not this season and not next season. I want this guy to be down in the AHL, making all kinds of mistakes, taking all kinds of chances, learning what he's good at, learning what he's not good at, and developing not just his you know basic skills, but developing his mind as a defenseman. And he's not going to get the ice time, and he's not going to get the the the, the 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 lack of scrutiny that he needs playing in the NHL. Um, so you know, the last thing we want to do is ruin another player. Don't you agree? I get what you're saying, but yeah, with uh, Bouchard, like if he looks ready, then I think you can't hold him back. I mean, look at Charlie McAvoy. He's 18, 19, and he's on the first pair in Boston. They're a playoff team. Like, There's different examples. So if he, he shows that he's ready, then I don't think you can hold him back. And the thing on Nurse, uh, I just wouldn't break up that top pairing with uh, Clefbaum and Larson. I like them together. So then the next best option becomes 
Sakura, our nurse on the left side. We'll see what Sakura is like uh, when he starts the season after the ACL stuff. But so I think nurse, based on the steps he took last season, could be a decent fit for Bouchard if he's ready. But we'll have to wait and see. I'm not saying he's well, well, a slam dunk I, to make the team or anything, Bouchard. But I, I mean, just would rather let's you know when he's ready. I look at the hallmarks of the Detroit's and, and and back in the day the Montreal's and whatnot. One of their big thing is they always, you know, let the wine mature a little bit. Let them get a bit more on their feet. Yes, they are. Are they competent enough to play in the NHL? Yes. But have they fully developed to the point where they'll truly reach their, their maximum abilities? In NHL, I think that's very debatable. In fact, uh, I think it's, it's, it's incorrect. I think you got to let these guys not just be uh, adequate NHLers, let them become so, in, in, so you know, you literally cannot... Uh, turn away from them. They're that good. They're that far along in their development. Um, and I look at Yamamoto, and I have the same concerns with him. Um, you know, and, and look at what's happening with Poyarvi. Is he getting hurt now because we brought him along too soon? And I'll have another question for you on this, Brendan. Cite the, can somebody please, and I've asked this in other forums, can somebody please explain, show me cases where bringing a player up knowing full well that you're going to, in all likelihood, send him back down after nine or ten games before it starts to affect his contracting, where that helps that player. I mean, everybody says, oh, he gets a bit of experience in NHL. Yeah, sure, but he plays bugger all minutes typically when he's brought up. He gets sent back down. That's a disruption to the big team, and that's a disruption to the, to the minor league team that he goes back to. I really don't see much merit in bringing players up for a nine-get-nine-or-ten-game stint just because well, other guys do it. I just don't see that at all. What do you think about that? Well, I agree with a lot of the things you're saying. I just think Bouchard is sort of a unique case because his tool set and skill set fits today's NHL so well. So if he all of a sudden comes to camp and shows that he's ready and you know he can quarterback a power play because he, he does it so well in junior and you look at the options the others have, and he shows that he's the best one to do that, even though he's 19 years of age. I just don't think you should hold him back. But, yeah, I agree with what you're saying because the development model here in Edmonton has been to rush a lot of the young players. 100% agree with that. And with Yamamoto, you mentioned him. I would like to see him in the minors to start next season. But once again, he could come into cap and show he's the best option on the right side, and he could mesh well with uh, McDavid or Dreisel, so it might be the best option. I don't know. So I agree with what you're saying, but the the game's just changing so much where younger players are ready to step in at 18 and 19, and the fact that Bouchard is already 19 years of age when the season starts, I think that sort of pushes them towards being more ready than not. That is an interesting point. You look at every sport now, baseball being probably the most dramatic. We're seeing kids in their early 20s breaking into the league where that was, frankly, completely unheard of. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I'm not sure what it is. It's maybe the development in the minors is a lot more sophisticated than it used to be. So I think they're just are, focusing on skill a lot, and then yeah, the, they're the, better. Know, they're better equipped. Yeah. They're not. So. They're, they're not the, the, the dividing line between high high level junior hockey play and low level NH, you know, third and fourth line NHL play isn't as extreme. And there's enough old guys kicking around the third and fourth lines are a little bit slower. Where a young player can, you know, have the advantage of having an extra step on them. Can before I make my it was prediction? Need to be, before it was needed to be six foot four, or you know, built it, or you ready for, to, you know, be ready to play into your body. Like yep. Yep. now, it's not so much like that. It's okay if you're small and you're you're not filled out quite for, 
as what you will be when you're 20 or 21 or 22, as long as you have the skill and speed, you, you might be able to flourish uh, at a young age. So I think that's a little bit what it's about. But, uh, yeah, so what, what else did you want to say? Well, I'm just going to say, as soon as everybody else has had to pitch in their predictions this early in the cycle, I'll make mine. I think they're right on the bubble of the playoffs. But that's predicated, and I've said this before, on a lot of things going right and very few things going wrong. The biggest thing, of course, being the injury bug that uh, seems to have plagued this team over the years. And, if, and frankly, if I was to pick two, uh, and usually I have an easy time picking the one player I think is the, the, the key, the linchpin, as to whether the team succeeds or not. I'm kind of divided this year, I think. It's either Clefbaum or Sakara. I think clearly Clefbaum has to have a great, if he has a great year, I think the team makes the playoffs. But if Sakara truly is not going to get back to form where he's going to be barely a third-line defenseman because of his limitations uh, due to his uh, injuries and whatnot, then um, Clefbaum could have a great year and they still sink underneath the waves. But those are the two players I'm focusing on for sure, and a big thing for both of them, frankly, is is health um, and abilities. And I don't know if that's where you think the, 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 the crux of the team is, but that's where I see it. No, that's a great point. If both those players play like they did in 16-17, the Oilers in the playoffs, in my mind, without a doubt. Easily. But, yeah, Easily, so yeah. If they get one of them to play like they did, then, as you talked about, maybe they'll be pushing for a spot. So, I don't know. I have, I have them as a wild card team right now. Um, we'll wait and see. You think there's going to be a wild card out of the Pacific, man? That's, that's another good point. Good yeah. enough. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't we'll see. Yeah, the Central enough. is stacked. No doubt about that. And I, th- I think you're right. I think the Vegas uh, franchise is going to have a much more much tougher year this year. I think a lot of things fall back to the ground. Um, I think Fleury is not going to play out of his mind every year for the next five. Uh, so I, I put them on the bubble. Maybe we're fighting them for that last spot. But I don't see a wild card. I really don't. We'll see, my man. Yeah, L.A. was yep. uh, a wild-card team last year that made it uh, out of the Pacific, and then uh, you look at the other teams in the Central that didn't, St. Louis and Dallas. So I guess maybe if St. Louis and Dallas are better than L.A., San Jose, Anaheim, then there might not be, and of course the Oilers too, so we'll wait and see. Yeah, I see Dallas and St. Louis being, well, we, I sort of thought Dallas and St. Louis would be better last year too. Yeah, me too. But I see them being concretely better, better, better teams this year, and I think L.A., and San Jose even more so are on the wane. I just don't see them, you know, pushing it that much, to be frank. So, All right, Gord. Thanks, thanks for the buddy. call. Lots to uh, dissect and uh, debate about. Uh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Good luck. Take care. Bye. Serious Gord, one of my uh, favorite callers on this show to uh, go back and forth with. We haven't heard from Daily Doug. That would make this day that much better. Daily Doug hasn't called in in ages. Not sure where he's at. He used to call in all the time. I know Topher Allen has uh, texted the show saying, uh, that's very cool, BU, very cool. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> See, Topher, I miss a lot of your texts because Bob uses the uh, old text messaging system where it doesn't actually show your Topher Allen tagline, or where it does, rather. Where, and I use uh, the new text line here, and it doesn't show me that. So, unfortunately, I miss a lot of your texts, but I believe this is Topher Allen. So, maybe start texting in. Topher at the end of your text because uh, I think we're transitioning into this new text system because it allows us to actually save text on the side and it doesn't recalibrate like the old one does. Gary in Clareview. Clareview, love that uh, community. 
Biggest mistakes last year, allowing opponents to score first goals, especially in the first minute of the game, and not shooting the puck on the power play, my opinion, from Gary. Great points. Two things I'm sure the others will uh, work on. <laughs> BU, I hope Sirius Gord is the next producer of Oilers now. <laughs> oh. BU, can you look up how many top 10 picks in the last 10 to 20 years spent time in the minors? Well, I'd love to, but I don't have that sort of time right now. <laughs> we have 12 minutes left in the show. I need to get a break in. Maybe I'll uh, look that up for, for Monday. So we'll wait and see on that front. But yes, hopefully I can have an answer for you. Brian says, how many times do you need to tell morons that you cannot send juniors to the AHL? Well, I think he was more so saying you can send him back to junior. Of course, uh, yes, Bouchard cannot go to the AHL next season. But I think Gord was maybe just using it as an example to say, okay, you can send guys, or he let guys develop in the AHL before you uh, bring them uh, up to the NHL level. So with Bouchard, of course, it's either junior or the NHL this season. If he does go back to junior, of course, he'll be a star for Kent at the World Juniors, which would be a pretty good experience for him as well. No worries, but you signed your favorite texter, Topher. Thanks. Chris in Victoria says, so be you. This is a long one. I'll try to fit this in. He says, hope. That's what we have, hope. Shirley has lost the faithful like myself. I have lost hope with him pulling the strings. Boston uh, got rid of him for a reason. My Bruins buddies are all laughing at us. Dot, dot, dots. Terrible contracts. Dot, dot, dots. This is Shirley's last year. Chris in Victoria. See, for it to be Shirley's last season with you others, a lot would need to go wrong. So you're sort of banking on hope in another direction. Maybe the hope's not the word to describe it, but we're hoping a lot of things go right. And you're saying everything's going to go wrong. I don't think that's going to happen. So, a lot of negativity there in that in that text, Chris. But I know you're upset with the lack of moves this offseason. I still think the Oilers are going to be a good team. It just hasn't uh, happened as quickly as fans would have wanted it to happen. So, I mean, I do agree with you. It is a make-it-or-break-it sort of season for the management group and the coaching staff as well. But for it to be a break-type season, everything needs to go wrong. I just don't see that happening. Like, there, as Gord mentioned, what if Secker and Clefbaum are the same players they were in 16-17? How much better is this team? And maybe that's a big ask, but that's one thing that could go the Oilers' way. Another thing that could go the Oilers' way is what if uh, Poliarvi or Yamamoto have breakout seasons? What if Ratty scores 20 goals? Like, some of these things will happen. Not everything is going to go wrong. So all this gloom in that text, that is my response to that. Just my two cents. It's at 151 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout here. 
When we come back, we'll uh, get to a few more text messages. This day in Oilers history, we'll set up Inside Sports tonight with Rita Wilkins and uh, send you off for the weekend. That's ahead on Oilers now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show. Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. One fifty-four in Edmonton back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Over at the Open Championship, we haven't mentioned this at all today, and this is my favorite golf tournament of the year. I haven't really paid attention to any of it this year, so disappointed about that. Hopefully I'll be able to check out uh, some of the action overnight and early into the morning the next couple days. Uh, But we have a two-way tie at the top of the leaderboard, so spoiler alert. Zach Johnson and Kevin Kistner at six under, tied for first. Johnson shot a or shot four under today to move into a tie with Kistner, who was one under. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, what a round for him! One of the uh, young and emerging talents in the world of golf. Six under on the day. He's now at five under and a tie for third with Shoffley and Perez. Shoffley also shot five under. Rory McIlroy, a strong round. He's at four under. Jordan Spieth, a good round. Four under on the day. He's tied for 11th with uh, Ricky Fowler, who is also at three under. So a lot of big names in the running here for the Open Championship. Tiger Woods, of course, made the cut. That's exciting. Jason Day made the cut. Uh, Dustin Johnson, one of the bigger names that did not make the cut. I believe Phil Nicholson made the cut as well. Not sure where he finished, but uh, I think, yeah, here's uh, Phil even. So he made the cut too. So there you have it. That's uh, your golf update for the day. Reed Wilkins will have Inside Sports tonight. Uh, Jamie and I out of Regina will be on. The Riders last night. So I was on with Reed last night, and I was talking about... He asked me who I think the second best team in the CFL is. At the time, Hamilton was winning that game, and I had the fact that Hamilton looked pretty good when uh, they played uh, the Eskimos uh, earlier in the season. And I, it was tough. Like, you look at all these teams after Calgary, it's hard to say who the second-best team in the CFL is right now. And I just said, hey, well, maybe Hamilton. They beat the Eskimos, and they look good. Their offense was explosive. And then, of course, Saskatchewan goes uh, <laughs> bonkers uh, the rest of the game and wins it. And now Saskatchewan might look like the second-best team in uh, the CFL. The Eskimos, I said, though, when it's all said and done, may have something to say about that. Of course, they are on a bye week this week. 
but uh, they seem to be coming around their defense and uh, the offense is still as explosive as ever with Riley leading the CFL in passing yards. Three other receivers in the top five in terms of receiving yards. So, Ray Wilkins will have inside sports tonight. The afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross is up next. Bob Stoffer back in the hosting chair on Monday. I'll be back behind the glass. We will talk to you then. So long. Enjoy the weekend from Oilers. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.